from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. And welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM Channel 111. And if it's Thursday, noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, the career director for the MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And we are here with the dream team, Dion and Michelle, who are going to run the ship throughout. And Michelle is waiting to take your calls at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So today we have a very exciting show for you because we are talking all about what's going on behind closed doors when companies are hiring or what's going on kind of in the back room when you're looking for a promotion or how you can get good advice from HR if you're looking to get a raise, or maybe you're dealing with a difficult boss. And to help us with that topic on Career Talk today, we are very excited to welcome Dr. Cassandra Frangos, Vice President of Global Executive Talent and OD at Cisco Systems. Reporting to the Chief HR Officer, Cassandra leads the team responsible for accelerating executive leadership globally and is a trusted partner to Cisco's senior leaders and board. Cassandra earned her doctorate right here from the University of Pennsylvania and has authored several publications with Harvard Business School Publishing and leading industry journals. Welcome, Cassandra. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, um, so this is going to be a great show because, like, you know, even like anybody who works in a company is always like, "What's going on behind closed doors?" And what's yeah. really the truth? And what's not the truth? And right. how do I get a promotion? And oh, if I'm on a pip, am I like, is it it? Is it over? Am I done? Um, so this is great. We're super excited to have somebody. Um, who has worked in this field for, for a while and has the insider scoop for our listeners. So I know one area that you're um, very well versed on is succession planning, which is super interesting because, you know, on previous shows, we talk about what the current tenure is at companies and on average, it's about 4.2 years. So I imagine the the succession planning kind of guidelines have changed or shifted. So, you know, tell us what you do about that, Cassandra. Yeah, no, succession planning is such an interesting area, and it's changed a lot where I think companies are looking at it not as traditional as they used to. Um, So one of the fun assignments I had was working on John Chambers' succession. He's an icon in the technology industry, 20-year CEO. And, you know, you could expect to do something very traditional where you might go to the next layer. So let's say someone directly reports to the CEO or, or somewhere else in the organization. And many organizations, which Cisco did for our CEO and other positions, where they leapfrog. Uh, so, for example, they skip a level. Ooh. So it might be someone who is a non-traditional candidate, maybe someone who has just great potential that a company sees, and they make really a wonderful successor to someone who's been an icon in the industry. So that's something I think, Don, for your listeners just to think about, that you don't have to always think about it in the traditional way where, okay, I have to wait for my boss to retire or I have to wait for the next position to come open. Think about it laterally. Think about leapfrogging. Think about what's the experience you need to get to the position you want. So it's interesting leapfrogging because, I, I mean, I would imagine that causes some tension with yes. the, the person you, you leapt over. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. It does. It does. And, you know, companies are getting more comfortable with that, honestly. Um, and it, there are plans for the person you leapfrogged. It could be they're going to go into a different position or they have aspirations to be a CEO themselves, so they may leave and become a CEO somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So, so for those who are, you know, kind of going through the traditional, you know, 4.2 years, then I'm moving on, you know, like if, if they want to see themselves in a leadership role, do you do you find it's better to stay with a company till you get to that point? Or do you find it's better to move around and get experience in different places so that you can kind of climb up the ladder that way? Is there a preferred way? I, th- I think you can actually do either path. It depends on what you want to do with your career. So I think the first thing I always say is just 
state your ambition. If you want to be the head of sales or you want to be leading a big product line or you want to be a general manager or a CEO, just state that you know, ambition because it's so important. I think a lot of people forget that where you know, they just sort of expect people to take care of them in their careers or the company must know I want to keep moving up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just not the case. So if you can state your ambition clearly and then ask your company or ask many leaders in the company that you admire, how could I get there? What's the path to get there? They might say, you need more global experience, so let's put you on a global assignment. Or, you know what, you need more experience outside of your functional area. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I don't know that you're actually going to get the experience you need at this company. So it's a judgment call of waiting to see, can you get the right experiences at your current company or do you need to go somewhere else? Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk. Hey, we're on Sirius XM Channel 111. You can call us with your questions all hour at 844-WARDEN. That's 844-942-7866. Michelle is taking your calls right now. 844-WARDEN. That's 844-942-7866. Or you can tweet at Dr. Don Graham. And we are here with Dr. Cassandra Frangos, Vice President of Global Executive Talent and OD at Cisco Systems. And she is sharing all of her insider tips on what's going on behind the curtain as people are making decisions on promotions, on salary raises, on hiring you. So if you have questions, we would love to answer them. 844-942-7866. Okay, so let's Let's talk about um, this a little bit more, Cassandra. About the the you know, I want a promotion. Um, one of the things I've I've noticed, and I don't know if this is something that's new or something that is just changed because the market changes. A lot of companies really don't have clarity around career pathing. So mm-hmm. so you know, employees don't know. I mean, they think, well, the only place for me to go is up. You know, I don't know how easy it would be to switch to a different function or and and a lot of people I've heard my clients are nervous to talk to their boss about wanting to do something different because they're afraid that now they're going to be marked as, you know, not loyal or, or, you know, short timer, things like that. So how do you balance that talking to your boss about kind of your future plans, but also, you know, not having to worry that they're going to just be like, ugh, you're done. Right. Right, right. Or the, worse, you want my job, and you're 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 kind of positioning to yeah get my job. That's right. That's right. No, it's a wonderful question, and uh, you know I've I've I have to say I've had two conversations this week, uh, two very different around this. One where somebody had a conversation with their manager about wanting a new role or shifting functions, and it went very poorly. Um, their manager just really wasn't um, all that open to it, and they were actually a little bit more protective of, no, I really need you, you know, you're expert in this area, I can't afford to lose you. So you do have that type of manager who's just not necessarily going to be the best at having that conversation with you, and we've all probably had that conversation or know this type of manager Mm -hmm. uh, at some point in our lives. Uh, I I mean, it's really, they're protecting their own interests. They're like, ah, if you leave, I have a lot more work to do, or I have to find somebody or train somebody. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. supportive. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. You know, and when you're really good at what you do, I mean, that that happens uh, where they really want to protect you. And so I always think about you need to have almost your own personal board of advisors. Um, so there's multiple people that you can talk to about your career path inside and outside of the company. Um, because it, it could be hard for your manager if they are like this particular one, uh, where it could be somebody outside of your function who's more of a mentor or a sponsor to you, where they could be thinking about, okay, I think there's an opening coming up. I think you'd be great over here, or you need this kind of experience to get your boss's job. Um, you won't get it in the current position. So there's, I think, really good people that you could draw upon. You know, the other example that I had this week was somebody who had a conversation with their manager who was fabulous about it. I mean, just such a good leader. I mean, probably the kind of leader we would all want to have where they were really open, brainstorming, opening doors, figuring out what the right path was for this person. So there's definitely the two extremes that you'll find. And you have to almost be like you and I do, Don, probably on a daily basis is, you know, figure out someone's psychology, figure out what, you know, 
their personality will be around having this conversation. So you can probably be a good judge and a good read of what your boss might be like to have this conversation with. Yeah. So, and I do think, I mean, in a lot of ways, the, the, some of the best employees do get kind of penalized for that because either your boss doesn't want to let you go um, yep. or advocate for you. And hopefully they're not sabotaging your efforts at least, <laughs> um, but they're definitely not supporting you um, or they're laying a guilt trip on you about, you know, loyalty or things. But then you have the, you know, you're the great employee on the team, you get things done, you're efficient, you're fast, and your boss gives you all of the assignments. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're rewarding my great work with more work. More work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what do you do about that? Yeah, that that's a, that's often um, the case with really talented people, and you know you could even probably look in your in your company and say the same five people get tapped to do all the work, um, and it is a problem. And I think organizations are becoming a little bit more insightful about it, where they're open to having the conversation with the employee to say okay, I know I've given you a whole lot more work. Um, let's look at the portfolio of work you're doing. What gets you most excited? Where can you add the most impact? And what are some of the things we could offload? Um, so I do think people are getting better about having that conversation where I think 10 years ago, we were probably just, sure, I'll do it. I'll do it. Take on more. And it was really hard to, to say no to something. But I think more and more of the management literature is also supporting this where you do have to say no. You have to become more more resilient as a leader. Mm-hmm. There's a whole mindfulness movement. So there is more, I think, appetite to say no. And people want you to say no. If you if you can't do it or you know that you might fall short on delivering on a commitment, you would have to say no. So um, I completely agree. I think more people are having those conversations. I think the bottom line is if you don't ask, you don't get. I like what you yeah. said earlier, Cassandra, about not assuming that people just, you know, and in the same way, managers shouldn't just assume people want to move up. Sometimes people want to move left, right. right, or, you know, who knows? So, hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 111. We are taking our calls now at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Dr. Cassandra Frangos, who is the VP, reporting to the CHRO at Cisco Systems. And we are talking all about how to navigate your career internally, or if you have a question on how to get into a company, we are taking all of your job search questions as well. 844-WHARTON, that's 844-942-7866. Okay, so we we have the boss who who thinks you're a great stellar employee, um, but there's there's nowhere for you to go, and, and they don't want to let you go, and they want to keep giving is, you assignments. Is the only place to 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 go is out leave Cassandra no absolutely not um, it's it's more important to figure out what do you want out of your career what are the next couple of moves and can you achieve that internally or externally I would always say try first internally there's actually a lot of research um, that I've been looking at of where success comes from whether it's internal or external for candidates within a company. And there's more and more research showing that internal movement and internal promotion is actually becoming more successful because it is really hard to join a company at a senior level at times. Now, different levels, it can mean different things, but you know, definitely give your company a chance. There could be a really new career path that you haven't thought of that somebody could help you with inside your company. Or there could be a new business area that your company is starting up that you might be fabulous for. So give your company a chance. Look at the different opportunities. You know, at Cisco, we say, you know, one company, many careers, um, which has really hit home for many uh, where they thought they may have to leave and they actually found the opportunity internally. So, and I think that's that's really progressive that that you guys support that because I don't think all cultures support that. They're definitely the ones that are like, yeah, we we want right. to keep our employees and we're going to move them around and give them different opportunities. And then there's the the culture of um, whatever you you start at, they're always going to be viewed as that. Like they can't right. see you as anything else. What do you do if you're kind of stuck in one of those cultures? Yeah, it's, it's uh, it happens a lot, and uh, many of my friends uh, call on me for career advice, just given what I do. And um, you know, I've got one right now where you know she started out when she was very early in her career. She's forever branded as you know the twenty-something-year-old high potential, and they can't seem to get that out of uh, out of their mind. And so, for her, I think it might actually be she has to leave because it, she's branded just 
as the person that she came in as, and they haven't necessarily kept up with her evolution as a career. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one where just test to see if the perceptions can be changed. But then there's people um, at you know Cisco or P&G or other companies where they've been there for 20 years and the company kept evolving with them. They kept uh, seeing their career evolve and you know, now they're um, in the C-suite. So it's amazing just how to keep up with their perceptions of you and, you know, you keep evolving. That's also your responsibility to keep sure, make sure that you are evolving in your own career and your own knowledge. Don't stay stagnant. Um, And if you do stay stagnant, people will also remember that. Yep. I totally agree. I mean, I think, I think that's in some ways always been the case, but, but nowadays it's your, I mean, and it's kind of exciting that it's your responsibility, too, because I think you can look around and you could say, OK, hey, um, posting on social media for the company is not part of my job, but that's something I'm super interested in. Can I get yeah. involved in that so I can learn it? And I do think a lot of companies are saying, hey, go for it. Yeah, you still have to do your day job. But if there are other things you want to do or get involved with that will enhance your career, enhance your resume, you know, have at it. So, so definitely, here's your your uh, your assignment of the day. If you're listening, is to to look around and say what what is interesting to me in the company that I either want to learn or I want to find out more about, or maybe it's just initially having a lunch or a coffee with somebody in a different department to kind of figure out what they do. Because I do think if you don't take that step, you may be saying, I have no idea what that would be. But first step is just have coffee with somebody, meet somebody, talk to somebody at the town hall meeting that you don't usually talk to. I mean, look on LinkedIn. There's probably somebody sitting down the hall who does something really cool that you maybe not <laughs> even thought about. So, you know, if you're you're kind of sitting there saying, eh, is this really it? Meh. Look around because chances are there are people or opportunities or projects or things going on all around you that would really help you put the energy back into your day-to-day career that you just have to ask. Hey, you've got a question about that or any job search or career question, we are here all hour if it's noon on Thursday, we are live at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And Michelle is ready, willing, and able to take your calls um, all hours. So, okay, so one of the things, Cassandra, that I think is really a bummer, and I- I'm curious if you've seen this change, is the raises that you get internal to an organization are typically not market, meaning that if I stay with an organization for 10 years versus them bringing somebody in from the outside, that person from the outside is probably going to get more money. And I think that drives people crazy. So you know, what are your thoughts on this? Yes, it drives me crazy, too, I have to say. <laughs> me too, yeah. And, you know, I, I would say we're we're constantly having to advocate for ourselves. So I think, you know, if you feel that you're in that position, I would ask, honestly, I would ask to say, hey, can you um, look at my pay and make sure it's competitive to what my increased responsibilities have been or what my peers are, how you've benchmarked this position externally in the market? Um, continue to ask those questions. And I do think companies are becoming more aware of this, that it has been traditionally that if you change companies, you'll make more money. Um, And I do think it's becoming more of a hot button for everyone. And it's, you know, with great compensation research and, and great compensation departments now, I think it's becoming more of a strategic lever that a lot more research is being done and benchmarking around what salaries are, what What could you be doing? And I I would say educate yourself, you know, really talk to recruiters, talk to your internal HR department, talk to peers, just, you know, really advocate for yourself in terms of make sure you're getting paid with what you think is the market value. So can you just ask HR to say, okay, I'm I'm an associate manager. What's the band for that, the salary band? It depends. Some companies are very open about that and some are not. Uh, So I think the first question is, can you look at my pay and make sure it's competitive to my peers and what the market is paying for these types of jobs? And I have seen some cases where when that question has been asked, they realize, hmm, actually, you know what? It's not. Um, And they've made some adjustments. So there, there are, I would say, more and more efforts. Um, for example, at Cisco, we've done a pay parity uh, initiative where we've looked at salaries across all diverse populations to make sure that it's equal and it's competitive. Um, so some companies are going through that. 
So if I, but if I went to HR and said I would like to see my salary band, I mean, they're just going to either say yes, we can show you, or no, we can't. I mean, it's not going to be like ah taboo. <laughs> Right. No, no. I think, you know, have a have a conversation about it for sure. Even with your manager as well. I mean, I think your manager should be looking out and advocating for what you uh, what you're getting paid as well. So the other thing I know companies have a lot of policies around is, you know, even if you get promoted or if you move to a different job, you can only get X amount percentage increase, which, again, I think if you're Mm -hmm. if you've been with a company, you're you're really if you've been with a company 10 years, I mean, you've been getting, you know, two, three, four percent raises, whatever it is, um, year after year. I mean, you know you're not at market rate. And now I'm getting promoted and I can only get uh, 10 percent because even though, you know, the salary band is huge and I I probably should get more, that's all I can get. I mean, stuff like this, I think, drives employees Mm -hmm. crazy because they know that if they said, no, I'm not going to take that job and you were going to bring somebody in from the outside, that they would get that money. So I don't understand why... Why they just can't say, you're right, here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. You know, and some companies are more progressive, honestly, on that. They are uh, looking at, you know, variable comp or they're looking at different ways to make it up versus the the salary ranges. Or, you know, there might be a spot where they give uh, a real, a big increase. You know, I had a direct report where, she was getting promoted and she was, I knew the mar- her market value outside. And there was a period of time where I had a bigger budget and I was able to give her a really sizable increase. So, you know, if good managers can look at that, they are always given a budget, unfortunately. Um, you know, our CFOs make sure that we follow a budget, but that's something where, you know, companies do have flexibility where it might be, I can't, I can't do it for you right now, Don, but be patient with me and maybe next cycle we can do something. So as long as you're advocating for yourself and you make it known that this is something that's a priority. But then also money is not everything. So you have to weigh out all of the different pieces. Um, you know, at Cisco, for example, we have a, a lot of flexibility and we care about making sure that you've got time for your family and health concerns. So, you know, if you need to work at 10 o'clock at night to take care of something because you had to leave in the middle of the day to go to a doctor's appointment, that's all very flexible. So what's that worth to you? Yeah, agreed. So looking at total compensation versus just the the salary piece of it, because sometimes exactly. that's worth a heck of a lot more, <laughs> yeah. depending on your personal <laughs> circumstances and situation. I totally agree. And yes. and um, you're one of the trends for uh, for this year is the boomerang employee. And I think the boomerang employee, which is you know you leave a company, go somewhere else, get some more experience uh, in different areas, and then come back to the company, is what a lot of people do to kind of get that bump. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, in some ways you shouldn't have to do that. But in other ways, I actually think that's a great thing to do to just diversify yourself, see what else is out there. And if you really do like the company, I mean, you get to come back and sort of reinvent yourself. So I think that's an option for some people yep. as well. Absolutely. Yep. And- I just had someone that, that just did that, which is really fun. He wanted a startup experience, wanted to try getting out of a big company. And he did it. And he, he called me and said, uh, I'm done with that now. <laughs> I want to come back to Cisco. So it was really great. He got the experience, but now he comes back. Which is another um, point for ending on a good note. Never burn your bridges. That's right. Because <laughs> HR will, will mark, there's a little box in there that says, would we rehire this person? Yep. Yep. And they, they keep that on file. So yeah. you know, no matter yeah. how bad things get, leave on a positive note because you never know. It's such a good point. And, you know, the informal network is so strong. Um, you know, you're only a few degrees of separation. I mean, I just had somebody I worked with uh, in consulting, gosh, probably 10 years ago at this point. He called me and said, hey, do you know this person who used to work at your company? And I said, yes. And, you know, I asked five people informally, you know, what, what they thought of this person. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that shaped um their potential employer's opinion. So informal networks and informal asking around is always good and strong. It's so true. And there, it used to be six degrees of separation. Yeah. But now with social media and LinkedIn and all that, I think it's like the, the stat now is like 3.4 or yeah. something. So, yep. you know, people know people who know people and, you know, yeah. you're on their social media and, hey, yep. you just never know. And and it's, here's the thing. It's not illegal. Maybe I give you three references, but you go onto my LinkedIn and you see, hmm, mm-hmm. she didn't give me this manager. <laughs> <laughs> and you might call that person. That's right. 
So it happens all the time. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Dr. Cassandra Frangos, who is the VP in Cisco Systems HR Global Executive Talent Group. And we are taking your calls right now at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So um, there's something I wanted to ask you, too, about, you know, the the recent law that has come out. It's come out in Philadelphia. Um, it's coming out soon in Massachusetts. And I suspect that it's going to just kind of spiral, um, which is – that there's a new law that prevents companies from asking applicants about their salary history. And the point of this was that um, essentially they're hoping to to kind of close that disparity between you know male and female salaries over time. And the fact that when you ask somebody's salary, usually a company's great, you are at 60000 we're going to give you sixty five, and you're going to be happy, even though we could afford to pay you 70 or 75 So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on this as somebody who's, who's kind of been in the HR world for, for a while? And his, you know, this is kind of a standard question. What are you making now? Right, right. I love it because I think it gives a lot of freedom to say, just pay me what you think um, the market value is, and you've understood my experience and the value I'd bring to the company. Um, so I think it's it actually uh, is a lot of freedom in it, where you can just get the honest answer of. What actually does this position pay? And sometimes you're surprised where it's, ooh, that was a lot lower than I thought. Or, wow, I actually was making half of what I thought I could make. So, you know, it can be prepared, I guess, for that to go a couple of different ways if you're looking for a job right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it it takes off the restriction of, you know, if I tell you I make $10 and you might just, you know, say, well, let's pay you $12 now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you didn't know that that's actually you could have gotten paid $25 or something. You know, so it's it's really, I think, a, a great great way to unleash some potential. Hey, we're going to do a quick Twitter poll because that's always fun. At Dr. Don Graham, should companies be able to um, get that information about what you're currently making? So should companies be able to ask you your current salary? Yes or no? At Dr. Don Graham, we'll, um, we'll kind of do a quick little informal poll. But the other thing I usually say to people, Cassandra, is that, you know, if I'm like a neurosurgeon and I decide I want to go work at Starbucks, they're not going to ask me what I'm currently making. Right. <laughs> well, they, That's right. I I would like to make two hundred grand a year, um, and be part time. So hey, we're gonna go to Richard in Virginia. Richard, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Uh, happy to be here, Don. You have a wonderful show, amazing show. I love it. Thank you, Richard. What's the, on your uh, mind today? The question that I have is about um, leaders being shuffled around. I've had a couple, well, maybe three or four times in my five, six, seven year at this company, the leaders have shuffled around. And I feel like it's just an intuitive thing, but I can't confirm this. And I was wondering if you know that this is, the, 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 this is happening. Do, do does, does management uh, make those decisions to shuffle around leaders and managers to try and get more out of the people because they see them failing those teams? So when you say um, leader, you're talking about are you talking about like C-suite or you're talking about middle managers and moving around to different functions and jobs? Can you clarify? Well, they call, so they call me a frontline employee, and then I have a leader, and then they have a manager. It's kind of the technical jargon, but um, then there's a I guess yeah. The, so the manager is the C level, I believe, and then there's a leader that's my leader, and they've been shuffling them around and. Uh, how often, Richard? Um, it's happened three, four, four times. Like every last, two years every, or every yeah, yeah, years? Like sometimes it's every eight months or a year and a half. Interesting. Something like that. Yeah, um, weird. Um, Cassandra, what do you think uh, is going on with that shuffling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it could be a good thing or a bad thing. I, you know, I'd love to love to learn more, uh, Richard, and, and happy to, to talk more specifically uh, offline if you'd like. But, you know, sometimes it can be a really good thing uh, because it's it's fresh, new, um, new thinking, new ideas, uh, where, you know, it's just a matter of, of career progression. So it depends on if those moves are actually happening in a good way, where, you know, people have gone on to do some different things as they've, uh, as they've shuffled. Could also be something where maybe you have a culture of, of real high accountability and performance, which can also be a good thing if the person's not 
not really ideal for that position. They move them on quickly um, so that you are not stuck with somebody who's ineffective in that job. So it can be a good thing or a bad thing depending on what's what's happening. But, you know, I think also for your own personal career, Richard, I think, you know, the other the other point that we talked about earlier in the show is make sure that you have multiple advocates for yourself. Um, so if there is a lot of management changes, you know, there's more than one point of uh, contact for you where you can have other people advocating and helping you understand what's navigating uh, the culture at the moment and those kinds of things. So don't that, always have just the one point of contact. That's an awesome, awesome point, Cassandra. Richard, thank you so much for listening to Career Talk and for calling in with your questions. We are here all hour. If it's Thursday noon, 844-WARDEN. That's 844-942-7866. And we're also doing an informal pop-up Twitter poll. Should companies be able to ask applicants for current salary? At Dr. Don Graham, you can vote there. And right now we're going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay. When in a job search, wearing this helps men but hurts women. When in a job search, wearing this helps men but hurts women. Think you know? 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111, and we will be right back. You're listening to Career Talk. On Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk here on. Sirius XM Channel 111 Business Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Dr. Cassandra Frangos, Vice President of Global Executive Talent and OD at Cisco Systems, and of course, Michelle and Dion, the Dream Team. And we are taking your calls all hour at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. Can't call? Well, you can vote in our Twitter poll at Dr. Don Graham. Should companies be able to ask applicants for current salary? So that is the question of the day on Twitter. But let's go ahead, Cassandra, and answer our pre-break quiz. Of course, I'm going to Dion first, my favorite. <laughs> but wait, when in a job search, wearing this helps men but hurts women. What do you think, Dion? <laughs> See, here's the problem. I got so caught up in my wrong answer, I haven't thought of another one. <laughs> Say your wrong answer. It's funny. <laughs> See, here's what I was focused on the women, uh, right? Yeah, I, I know. Like, I, I know. Because I, I, when I say this, people are going to think I'm crazy. But I was thinking <laughs> pants. <laughs> where's, my, where's my buzzer? Wait, wait, wait. I, gotta, I, I actually want to read the answer with, with that answer in it. So in three experiments, <laughs> female job applicants were rated less suitable <laughs> then they're <laughs> <we're> wearing pants. <laughs> then people with similar qualifications. Whereas on the flip side, men who wear pants <laughs> were perceived more favorably than men who didn't wear pants. I think that fits. I don't know which is worse, this or Boston. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the answer, but I like it. It's fun, Michelle. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, now I'm not liking my answer. Okay. Because uh, our friend in the studio here is, uh, is made, a, made a note that it's actually, that's like a fashion statement. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, some women might wear a tie. Mm-hmm. It's like a power thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that might be a turn off. So I'm actually going to steal my friend's answer who texted me, glasses. Ooh, that's glasses. My so, okay. So it hurts women to wear glasses and it helps men to wear glasses, you think? I don't know. I, I was don't just know. stealing it. I was copying off someone else's paper. All right, that's cool. That's cool. Better Thank than you. pants. <laughs> when in a job search, wearing this helps men but hurts women. Allison in Texas, what's your answer? Hey, Allison. Hi, can you hear me? We can hear you. What is your answer? Yes, I said a wedding ring. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. In three experiments, married female job applicants were rated less suitable for employment than their single female counterparts with identical qualifications. Married women were perceived 
perceived as less willing to work long hours, less committed to advancing, and more distracted by outside social responsibilities. On the flip side... Married male applicants were perceived more favorably than single men. So here's an interview tip. Slip off your wedding ring or put one on, (laughs) depending on your gender. So, Allison, are you married? I am married, and I have two kids under two, and I work full time. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to go with that. That this perception is incorrect. That you you're not, um, you know, punching the clock. You're not less committed, and you're not more distracted. What do you think? Or do you um, think that's I, true? I am. I am still very committed. Yes. I don't just punch the clock, but I can think I am distracted at times particularly by, like, health issues that my children may have. Yeah, but do you think you're more distracted than than single, like, females who, you know, have other stuff going on? I mean, it's Not a different... Not necessarily, because yeah. they're busy trying to date, so... There you go! There you go! That's... And that's a distraction. <laughs> See? Yes, it's distracting for some people, yes. Yes, it is. So, Allison, thank you so much for calling us on Career Talk, and congrats on getting the right answer. Um, Dion, I still think you're right that men who don't wear pants are probably viewed less favorably. Cassandra, what do you think? <laughs> I would I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard it from the expert, our HR expert. Wear pants. Wear pants. <laughs> Travis in North Carolina, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hey, I, I was actually going to guess uh, a tie as well. Oh, um, Michelle. The, Michelle, you're... Glasses, glasses is really clever, yeah. Yeah, do you, do you wear glasses, Travis? Well, I, I got my first pair of uh, reading glasses, and uh, I'm starting to, I'm in my mid-30s, so I'm starting to have to use them a little a little more, so I'm, I'm heading down that road, definitely. I like Travis. Yeah, I, kn- I knew you would. <laughs> um, Travis, are you married? No, I'm engaged. Getting oh. married in November. All right. Well, you might want to slip that that wedding band on just a little early if you're 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 looking for a job because apparently that's going to help you. So how can we how can we help you today, Travis? Aside from from the wedding band um, fashion that's going to apparently make you seem more employable. Okay, I uh, I'm I'm looking. I'm in banking and finance, and I'm I, you know just looking for for a new role. Uh, I think the internet is a blessing and a curse when it mm-hmm. comes to jobs today because it's so easy to apply for a job like LinkedIn. You, you can just apply through LinkedIn now, and and uh, I'd kind of like to hear your thoughts on that. But my main my main question is, I just I just think there's so many probably hundreds or thousands of applicants for some of these jobs, and you know I'll e- email alumni and trying to trying to get contact at the at the company, and then I'll apply. And the alumni will, you know, will forward my my resume to HR, talk to someone. But then it just kind of ends because I just feel like it's a lottery. You know, there's so many hundreds of qualified applicants that. Yeah, I'm hearing you, Travis. So. Um- you're right. I think the first thing you said is absolutely right. The internet's a blessing and a curse. I think back in, you know, 2000, it was like the way to go. But since then, if you think about how oversaturated it is, not just with jobs and companies and information, resumes, applicants, um, social media, blogs. I mean, there's so much out there that you are really a needle in a haystack out there. So it feels like you're being productive when you're you're on the internet but in reality when you think about just the volume and and masses of of others and and information out there it is it is a a definite needle in a haystack so um the question is how how do you get to be seen how do you get to be seen cassandra what would you recommend to travis yeah, I agree that it's completely difficult right now with with so much information overload. I mean, I do think it sounds like you've tried this, Travis, but just having a personal connection where it can be that you can get in the door through somebody you know, um, but also doing some things that might stand out a little bit more. I mean, I've seen some really creative ways that people are are trying to stand out from just a typical job application where it's a really creative cover letter or even a, a short video um, that you send along, but you know, even trying some creative ways. But I do think just getting to know someone um, in the company or a connection that you could just not have it go into a blank um, inbox. But Don, I'm curious on your perspective on this because you, you see this a lot given your role. 
Yeah. So here's the thing. I think the Internet is great for um, research, for kind of understanding what's out there, kind of getting a basis, as long as you don't get lost down the rabbit hole and just like stay there. But at the the same time, I, I mean, I know you guys are like tired of me saying networking, but I will tell you that that pretty much every great thing that's happened in my life has happened because of somebody I know who knows somebody who knows somebody. And I'm not just talking about job stuff. I'm talking about, you know, opportunities in different ways and and things I needed at the right time at the right place. So one of the things I think people underestimate are second level contacts. And you'll hear me say that a lot because when you say like, oh, I don't know anybody or the people I know aren't hiring or their companies aren't hiring, that very well may be true. But when you think about the vast number of people that those individuals know, I think there's a couple of things. One, you have to be very targeted about what you want because people can't help you if they don't know specifically what you want. And you may go in thinking, it's great to say, well, I'll take anything or I'll work anywhere. Or, I'll you know do anything in banking or whatever. But one, that's not true. You won't. You, you probably have a pretty specific idea in mind. Um, and two, people can't help you with that because it's too vast and too broad and you're asking them to do too much work for you. But when you say, you know, I'm targeting these five companies. And what would be really helpful for me is if you know anybody in these companies or if you hear of anything, you know, through, through you know, you read something in the newspaper or you hear something, um, you know, from someone you know, a neighbor, whatever, if you can bring that information back to you because they want to help you. People want to help you, but you have to give them something they can help you with. And it's not usually a job. So once they start bringing this information back, oh, yeah, my neighbor works at, at Cisco or, oh, yeah, um, my cousin uh, used to work there and still has some good context. Now you can start gaining some traction and it does take a little time and a little patience and definitely consistency. But if you do that, you're going to start to see in spades it pay off. So give your network something they can help you with. Most of the time, if you have specific companies in a specific geography, they're going to be out there bringing that information back to you. They're going to be your ambassadors and meet people because that's how it's going to happen and probably won't even feel like an interview. You'll probably have a conversation. They're like, oh, you should meet so-and-so. You go in. Before you know it, they're offering you a job. You weren't even like realizing you were interviewing Travis. So I think this is a very important question. Thank you for bringing it up for our listeners because I think a lot of people struggle with this, Travis. Thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. And hey, best of luck on your marriage in November. Congratulations. If you're just tuning in, you can give us a call at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. Or if you're not able to call right now, you can join our Twitter poll at Dr. Don Graham. Should companies be able to ask applicants for current salary at Dr. Don Graham. You can also get great advice at dawnoncareers.com where you can sign up for my blog. We are here with Dr. Cassandra Frangos, who is the VP at Cisco and Global Executive Talent and OD. And we are talking all things behind the curtain and Cassandra's giving her honest feedback and advice. So here's a question I get a lot, Cassandra, um, especially when it comes to salary. Should I use an outside opportunity to get an internal raise or promotion. So basically, should I pit like one against the other? Yes, I hate when people do that. <laughs> Good to I know. know. I know a lot of people do it. Um, but, you know, I, I'm often uh, of the mindset, you know, as you said before, Don, you know, don't burn any bridges. Uh, always leave on a positive note. And when you're doing that, you know, it it's it can go one of two ways. I mean, it, it could turn out to be a really positive where they realize, oh my goodness, I don't want to lose you. Um, you know, let's let's figure out why you're leaving, and, and hopefully, it's you know a couple of reasons versus just salary, and it can be a conversation and a really healthy outcome. So when it happens that way, and it's a healthy outcome, and it's been a really good conversation, if it's truly just to put one company against the other in terms of salary. Um, you better be really prepared to leave. Um, you know, I've seen some do it where they've done it and they thought they could get the raise and then turn down the other offer. And the mm-hmm. company has said, 
well, you probably should go take that other offer. Ouch. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and again, this council, <laughs> they do it anyway. Uh, so you've got to be prepared for the outcome and also just know that that's the, that's the lasting impression you left. Um, you know, I've seen other, other people do it in a real good way where they've, once you've put your, you know, name out there and you've decided to look and you've gotten an offer, you know, be prepared to go um, because it's not something that's healthy to keep going back and forth um, in negotiations between two companies. Decide where you want to go. Decide if you want to leave or stay and how you want to leave your mark on the company Um, and and making it about salary and and competition uh, for offers isn't necessarily always the best way. Yeah, I totally agree. And and there's a general statistic out there that about 70 to 80 percent of people who accept counteroffers from their company end up either leaving or let go within the year. So, I mean, you have to you have to realize that if those are the odds, even if you, you know, you accept there there's I mean, you change the perception. You know, you're you're not you know, I mean, if there was a thought that that you're not loyal or, you know, however they're making decisions on promotions, they're already looking at you as a short timer. It's just, I totally agree. Not a good strategy. (laughs) No, no. And our, our brands last forever, you know, in people's minds. I mean, I still, you know, I took, I took the call from my colleague who I worked with 10 years ago because he had a really positive lasting impression uh, for me. And so I'm always willing to help him. Mm -hmm. Um, so people remember you for for a long time. People remember. And if they don't remember, guess what? There's social media to remind That's them. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They didn't, they didn't have that way, way back in, in, no. <laughs> nope. in the prehistoric <laughs> ages. <laughs> Blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just like Travis said. Um, okay. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk, and we are here with Dr. Cassandra Frangos, who is the... Uh, Vice President of Global Executive Talent at Cisco Systems. And we're taking all of your questions to find out what's going on behind those closed doors. But if you have any questions on the job search, how to get a promotion, hey, maybe you want a raise or you deserve a raise. How do you ask your manager and actually get it? We will help you out on today's show, 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. So this is one that's becoming um, more and more popular. Last last week's pre-break quiz was about remote employees, and obviously more and more people are going the remote route. And um, there's lots of positives and benefits for both sides, the individual and the company. Um, but I think one of the things I hear a lot is, hey, I'm a remote employee, and how do I get to my boss to see what I do? I mean, that whole out of sight, out of mind. So I guess even before we get to that, I mean, what, what are your perceptions on remote workers, Cassandra? Yeah, so I, uh, I might have a, a bit of an unusual take because Cisco is, I think, world class in this. Uh, we obviously have the technology that helps other companies do this, but we you know, have that very much as part of our culture where we want the best talent and we'll have you work wherever you need to work. Uh, so, for example, Cisco is headquartered in San Jose. I live in Boston. They recruited me where they said, you know, you're, you're someone that we really want to do this role at Cisco. I have a, a mom who's not that well right now, and so I can't move to San Francisco. Uh, so I'm always working on video remote, and I certainly fly a lot to, to San Francisco, San Jose area. But, you know, it's something that's just part of our culture, and we're so good at it, I will, I will say, um, because our managers and our leaders really know how to manage in that environment. Um, it's, it's really not that out of sight, out of mind at all. You're very much relationship driven. You're checking in. You're online on, on IM together. You're constantly talking. You know, you're on video so you can really see expressions and understand what's going on um, with your employees. So, you know, as long as it's just something that's part of your culture and it's part of the way you work. And, you know, it's also something you have to get used to. If you're not good at it or if you know that you as a leader are not good at managing remote employees, that's something that, you know, you really should work to get better at and look for role models, look for people who are really good at it because it is the wave of the future. There is a lot of research around the future of work. Um, that talks about this, and it will be something that probably all of us will encounter at some point in our career. Mm-hmm. So I do think that, yeah, Cisco is definitely in a class by itself on this because I think mm-hmm. more often we see either companies aren't accepting of it, they're like, you know, button chair mentality. If your butt's yeah. not here, you're not working, yeah. um, which 
which is it is kind of crazy considering all of the different ways to stay connected online and, and reach people. Um, so how if you're one of those employees who maybe, you know, either you want to get hired as a remote employee or you are trying to convince your company that, hey, working from home one or two days a week would actually be a great win win. I mean, how would you even approach that? Because I think a lot of companies don't even have a policy around this. Right, right. Yeah, I think so. If you're, if in that example, you're starting out the company, prove your value first before you ask that question. Um, I think once people see how much value you add and just how productive you are, and and also phrase it as, we could do an experiment. Let's see if it if it works for me to to work remotely one or two days a week. And if it doesn't work, we'll we'll pull it back. So I think if you can be really open in your communication style and your mindset uh, with your manager about it, I think you can get a lot of wins through it. And if it worked one or two days a week and maybe you've helped another colleague do it and pave the way, um, but just know there might be some managers who are really uncomfortable with it and they just may never get there. So I think you have to be prepared for either answer. Yeah, I think the, you said something that I, I want to pull out because it's so important. Um, I love the idea of approaching things as let's try it as an experiment because there's something that eases your manager's or leader's mind when they realize that it's not permanent. So if you say, hey, let's try this for for three months or let's try this for six months and see how it goes. And it doesn't just have to be with remote working. It could be taking on a new responsibility. It could be, you know, a lot of different things. But I think when you ask for something, the initial response is, oh, oh no, change. Change is bad. I don't want to change. Mm-hmm. But when yep. you ask for it in terms of, can we look at this as an experiment and try it for a set period of time? Okay, there's an end in sight. Maybe this isn't going to work. Or maybe we, we it works, but we need to revamp certain things. Holy cow, you're going to get so many more yeses <laughs> when you mm-hmm. frame it that way. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And there's a lot of research on just even the word experimentation um, that yields a lot of results and even just a new business idea, a new way to approach your career or remote working. But just even that word, to your point, Don, just eases some preconceived notions about what's good or bad. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so takeaways from today. One, look around, look around. What is What opportunities are there at your company or in your department or outside of your department that you can get involved in that will add to your resume, that will add to your energy. I mean, you can, a lot of companies aren't doing formal training as much as they used to, but you can create this and it's on you to actually create this so that you can continue to market yourself. And and so that whole idea, Cassandra, of, of your career is your responsibility, is, it's a little bit frightening, but it's very exciting. And I would venture to say more exciting than frightening. And the other thing is, look at everything as an experiment. I love that because asking your manager, asking somebody to do something on an experimental basis takes away the the fear, the pressure. And you know what? Hey, you may not like it either. So you may say, you know what? This working from home gig was not actually as, as great as I thought it was. And I'm too distracted or I, I work too many hours. A lot of people work from home, work too many hours. So, um, hey, I do want to answer the, uh, the Twitter poll, which is should companies be able to ask applicants for current salary? So, no. So the tribe has spoken. Companies out there, they do not want you asking. But hey, you know what? If you didn't get a chance to vote during the show, the poll is still open on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. Cassandra, thank you so much for your time. Um, This has been a great conversation. I've learned so much. Uh, How can people reach you? Yeah, I, uh, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter, so I answer both of them. And, you know, just let me know where you've, uh, where you've heard me speak on this. And um, I'm always happy to engage with you and answer questions and just have a, have a conversation on social media. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Cassandra. It's been awesome. Michelle, you. Dion, you guys rule. And, of course, thank you to all of our listeners and callers. You are what make this show so special. So we always, always appreciate it. Hey, if you want more great information, you can follow my blog, dawnoncouriers.com. You've been listening to SiriusXM Channel 111. We are Career Talk, and we are here live every Thursday at noon. And we look forward to seeing you next time.